0: doing I've been noticing that it doesn't start recording for the first couple of minutes so I'm just gonna like it's uh it doesn't like not record the first couple minutes or something it's having that problem anyways what's up how you guys doing second podcast in a week (laughs) that's a little different um but yeah I, I know that I've been not Posting a ton of podcasts, so I wanted to post more. Uh, anyways, so I, it's been about a minute now, so I guess I'll get going with the podcast. The uh, first thing I wanted to talk about was that um, people are asking about like the carbohydrates because you know when we're talking about um, definition and fat loss. And getting getting cut like carbs are not good uh, in general. Um, when you're doing the opposite goal, and your goal is to get big and to get strong, well, then that thing that was not a positive before, which was eating carbs, you know, in more than just very small quantities, which is for for weight loss you know, eat, because carbs are strength that you can eat more. than than carbs. So uh, it's definitely a paradox. It's like if if you're needing to lose weight, well, then you need to get rid of the normal, the main hormone that has to do with weight gain. So you need to reduce insulin. Um, So eating less carbs reduces your insulin, which means that you retain less of the energy from the food that you eat. And then when you're bulking, strength and performance drives muscle gains, and what gives strength and performance, carbs, and then what else drives weight gain? Well, insulin, the same thing that the reason why you didn't want insulin when you were cutting. Well, now you're bulking, you do want insulin because it drives weight gain. If you want weight loss, then you want to have not insulin so you don't need as much carbs. When you want to have weight gain and strength and performance, you eat a ton of carbs, so you have a ton of insulin. Uh, that that should make sense um so the carbs for one goal you don't want them very much just a little bit and then for the other goal you want basically as much as possible so i'm not anti-carb at all um but carbs are a tool and they manipulate hormones uh really powerfully carbs are a really powerful tool that can be used in bodybuilding and so it's pretty much essential to have the ability to put them in and take them out. Um, if you feel comfortable about that, eating no carbs for a little while. Um, and then eating a lot of carbs other times. But Because a lot of guys, they have this thing where they, they can't stop eating the carbs. But it will really help your bodybuilding if you have the ability to not eat carbs uh At certain times in certain situations. Uh, And, and that situation wouldn't be when you were trying to get big and strong, because when you want to get big and strong, you should eat fucking as much carbs as you can. (laughs) All right, that pretty much covers that we'll look at a few of these questions. Okay, one asks. Would you say 500 milligrams test is a safe cruise dose to run, not going down to TRT if less than more than 1,200 NPP Masteron test? Well, yeah, uh, NPP Masteron and test, you are selecting steroids that are fairly healthy um, in comparison to what's available. So you're not ever really redlining your system when, when you're taking that, you know, like causing your system to be under major stress and it can only handle those steroids for a limited amount of time. That's not really what's happening with your body. Uh, when you take a test NPP Mastron, on um, But so, so that that's like a, an example of a more healthy cycle for sure. Um, but then you say, like, can you run 500 milligrams test year-round? And, and the answer is yes. So when people ask, like, can I do this? Can I do that? It, it's, it's like, yeah, you can. You can do whatever you want, <laughs> right? It just depends on how much risk you want to expose yourself to. I don't think that 500 milligrams of testosterone year-round is exposing yourself to a lot of risk. You can even find studies um, for 20 weeks, 600 milligrams testosterone with large um, st- uh, large study size, like with hundreds of uh, study members, people who did the study on 600 milligrams testosterone for more than 20 weeks. And, um, yeah, pretty much anywhere between 125 milligrams to 600 milligrams um, in those studies doesn't cause bad blood work. And uh, from what I've seen in my own experience and looking at other people's stuff, it's been the same way. And even with higher doses, when it's just testosterone, um, you know, so that's what I mean when you say like, can I go longer? It's like, yeah, I mean, you you could probably stay on 500 milligrams testosterone for the next 10 years, uh, you you know, and, and is there going to be anything that happens that's going to make you feel like, I can't do this anymore? Probably not. Um, but, I mean, you are talking about, like, mileage on the system, you know? That everybody just needs to keep in mind that it, it's like the body is a machine. And you're putting mileage on it. And when you're driving, like, a, a sports car, which is what you've turned your body into, when you start taking roids, it's like it's got to have premium fuel, and it's gotta have like more maintenance and honestly it can break down sometimes and there's like extremely expensive repairs. <laughs> you know what? That, like, that, that's a sports car and, and the situation's pretty similar when when you're you're dealing with uh, like at serious athletics. And normally with you know, people wouldn't be getting to that serious athletics level unless they're playing like, you know, Um, contact sports in school or or professionally or something but when you go and you add drugs to you know your your gym session well now you've gone to that serious level Um, so let's get on let's get on to another question here um there there was there was one that i wanted to answer um coyote asks how long do we need to run big doses to get huge uh, yeah. So you have to run big doses until you get your found. Well, no, you don't have to run big doses. Okay. Okay. I've said before in the last podcast that, um, it, it, some, somebody was, somebody was asking me about fucking doses again. And I said that it's, it's better not to run huge doses if you can not run huge doses. Okay. Um, So if you want to make like slower progress, you can do 500 milligrams of testosterone and you know, like over the next five years or something like that, you you know, you can, you can build, you can build it up pretty good. But most people, when they take steroids, they're not looking for something that's like a very slow long drawn out process. They're looking for something that's like, they want to feel like they're on steroids. Um, which is usually why when people say like it's a good first cycle i don't say testosterone only because they want to feel like they're on steroids so i say testosterone and an oral that doesn't aromatize because it's easy to take it makes them feel like they're on steroids and it makes them look like they're on steroids (laughs) really quick um yeah so how long do you have to take uh big doses it's it's really like a question of how long does it take you to build your strength foundation and what kind of steroid use does it require for you to build that strength foundation. That's what's really the answer to your question. Cause I mean if you're using big doses and you never get up to doing three plates on bench press for like five to ten reps, you're doing big doses and you never get up to five plates deadlift for a few reps. You, you know, uh, well, you're gonna you're gonna have to keep on <laughs> doing doing big doses or bigger doses because because you have to build up that base if you wanna if you wanna be big, you have to have those strength numbers. Um, it's like the first thing you do when when you're when you're uh, when you're trying to become a bodybuilder and get big. You have to build that foundation, or else you're just fucked. Um, uh, that that's, that's what gets the mass, okay? Once you have the foundation of the strength, then you can start changing your training. It doesn't have to be all, you know, so focused on strength acquisition anymore. And you can start using the strength that you have and then building up a lot of volume with it. So, like, let's say, for example, like, you have a four-plate, you know, you can do a four-plate deadlift or a five-plate deadlift. You don't necessarily need to do, um, you, you know, like seven-plates deadlift or six-plates deadlift. In order to get bigger, actually, what would probably be more effective at that point would be building up volume with the four or five plate deadlift. So, and, and a lot of volume. Like, like, so let's let's say like, right now you're you know you've made it up to five plates deadlift. So that's that's like okay, you've built the minimum foundation to be a big bodybuilder. Okay, uh, let's, say, let's say you do three three plates bench, four plates squat, five plates deadlift. Um. The, the deadlift, the, once you're up to that strength, you can start going okay well I've got three reps with five five reps deadlift and you can start building that up to like 10 reps and then you can start building up more sets. So like now you've got five sets of 10 reps with five plates that's gonna build you, you see you've built you worked up to enough weight and you're now have the ability to use volume with that weight to continue building muscle because you built your foundation that's the way it works and um that that's that's how i'm going to answer that question of how long do you have to use larger doses until you build that strength foundation um because if if you don't you'll never get big like you want to get big you'll always be saying why am i doing all these things that these youtubers and instagram people tell me to do and feeling my mind muscle connection and not why am i not getting bigger after years and i'm even taking a lot of steroids (laughs) uh but then you look at these guys strength numbers and and you go well bro what are you bench pressing and they tell you what the number is and, and you go last year what were you bench pressing and it's the same thing or it's not significantly different and they're like you know why have i been stalled on steroids for the past two years i've been using steroids for the past two years and um you know i haven't made any gains from cycle to cycle i just get big on the cycle and i get a certain look on the cycle and then once the cycle is over i go back to how i was before and it's just like Groundhog Day, every time I start a new cycle, I'm, I'm doing that same thing over and over again, spinning my wheels for two, three years. This happens. This happens uh, more often than not with your average steroid user. This is what's going on. Um, so, the, you, you know, it, you can pretty much gauge whether your cycle was successful or not by just looking at your gym performance. Because if your gym performance is not like definitely you took a step ahead from your last cycle like in in all categories it's like whatever lifts you were doing before the cycle now those lifts are head and shoulders above where they were before the start of the cycle if you are not doing that your cycle isn't it's not it's not benefiting you you're not building anything you're not building things in the long term you're, you're just you're just spinning your wheels staying in the same spot while taking drugs um, and a lot of people think that's like impossible too uh, but but it's not because I'm gonna become an IFBB pro bodybuilder I'm gonna become Ronnie Coleman and and like this is guys who haven't taken steroids yet but they they're interested they think it's gonna be like that and then like if you take steroids for like three months on your first cycle and you don't look like Ronnie Coleman these same guys are going to be like, "What the fuck? You've been taking steroids, and this is all the gains you've made." <laughs> Anyways, I'm ready to move on to a new topic. Um, trying to bring this chat up. Um, yeah, Bam Bam says carb cycling helps with insulin sensitivity while bulking as well. Yeah, that that's a that's a really good point, and one of the things that that does work good too with, with bulking and getting a lean bulk but also just in general with getting full muscles is like last meal of the day um, not eating carbs like eat a ton of fucking carbs around your workout etc um, but last meal of the day like just eating red meat or something like that um, because then it's, it's like in addition you don't have any carbs then while you're sleeping and you have this opportunity to Um, resensitized to insulin so that's something that i've just noticed from seeing successful bodybuilders i've seen a lot of them eat you know they eat carbs all day but the last meal of the day they don't um i've seen that fairly often not always um all right looking for next question here The chat doesn't seem to be coming up. I'm trying to bring the chat up, okay. Uh, how do you reduce bloat from generic HGH? Um, all HGH is going to bloat you to some degree. Um, generic HGH is definitely a lot worse than pharmaceutical grade HGH, but if you take enough pharmaceutical grade hgh it will give you massive water retention too like if you go up to like above 10 IU's of pharmaceutical hgh per day the water retention is so extreme like um you know it's a situation where it's like you don't want to look at your skin if you've been laying down on a couch or something <laughs> so so just keep in mind water retention in general is an issue that you deal with with growth hormone. Um, it, it's a direct effect of growth hormone is bringing water into the body. I don't really think there's something that you can do to to uh, mitigate that other than taking a diuretic. Um, you, you know, part of the reason why growth hormone makes you bigger and promotes you getting stronger is because of that water gain. And a lot of that water gain goes into your muscles. So your muscles get bigger because they have more pressure inside and more water in the cells. Um, Look at uh, some more of these. Can you have a quality cut on a high test dose only? Absolutely, but be careful with that high test dose because testosterone stimulates your appetite quite a bit. So usually guys will do better cutting on like medium testosis, something to keep some fullness and strength, Um, but not too much testosterone, like a really high-dose testosterone because that will make them gain weight usually or or because it just makes them so hungry. So for cuttings, probably somewhere between three to 700 milligrams of testosterone per week usually. Um, Test probe is always uh, better because it gives you energy. And when you're a little bit, like, low on food, uh, cutting body weight, it's good to have more energy. Um, especially, like, in the beginning of the day when it's, like, shit, I'm tired or something. You take a test probe shot and uh, you feel more energy for the rest of the day. I'll be taking one after I finish this podcast. Um, somebody asked, what's my current cycle? Well, I... So for a couple of years now, I haven't been doing like heavy um, blast type bodybuilding um, because I used steroids and did like steroid abuse for about 10 years. And you can't just do that forever and expect to like have a long life. Like you have to can it at, at some point. And um, I, did, I definitely like, like using testosterone. And I like using steroids, um, but I don't want to do do that like really uh, recklessly or dangerously anymore because I'm getting older. I'm not in my 20s anymore. Um, And so what am I using right now? I'm using one milliliter, 100 milligrams of testosterone propionate every day. And I've been doing that for a month. And uh, before that, I was on TRT for since, uh, since August, um, but then in, uh, from, from June to August, I was using 300 milligrams of testosterone, 300 milligrams, primable and, and 100 milligrams Mastron per week. And then from January to, uh, may, I was doing 200 milligrams testosterone. Per week so you can see my my cycles are like more mild um now and yeah uh I'm, i still got like the, the strength and everything but I, I don't really have like the the drug look that i have uh if 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 i went on uh windstraw or super draw or even if i added in uh premobolin right now you know it really changes your look to have unnatural hormones in the system and I'm, uh, doing that sparingly these days, but I really like test prop. So after this, after I finish recording this, uh, podcast, I'll go take a, a shot of test prop, 100 milligrams test prop every day is really good. Uh, like, like that's enough to make you totally enjoy going to the gym, have a ton of energy, get pumps, be really strong and be able to do whatever you need to do, um, without really affecting your health really negatively. Um, You know, it's like a strong, a strong dose that feels like, yeah, like I can definitely feel this. I feel like I'm on cycle, Uh, but you're not killing your health, anything like that. You know, it's very mild what you're doing. Uh, Yeah, test test prop is a good alternative because a lot of people are saying like, oh, okay, well, I like to use orals. I like to use trend because you like the way it makes you feel because it makes you really feel like you're on cycle. I have a lot of energy, a lot of aggressive in the gym Um, test prop is if that's what you're into but you want to do something more mild um, then it would be good to use test prop Um, and then the other thing too I just wanted to say one more thing if you guys are like uh, wondering a little bit more about why I'm not using like uh, heavy cycles anymore too um, look at go watch the episode of the steroids podcast called my steroid side effects. Cause in that video I talk, I discuss how like um, I've had my, my organs imaged and my heart imaged when I'm like sprinting and stuff, you know, the doctor looking inside view of the chambers and everything while that's happening. And um, my heart's good and everything, but uh, I do have uh, some plaque in my heart so that's like the beginning of uh, coronary artery disease and it's really common in bodybuilders Uh, and and you know that like uh, the heart is the organ in bodybuilders that um, that kills you so that's it's very common is what I'm saying is to to have plaque in your heart uh, for bodybuilders and so I I have the beginning stages of that and um, you know, using too much steroids and using too harsh of steroids, using them indiscriminately, with um, you know, without regards to you know, I don't want to be damaging uh, my health. Uh, you know that that it, those are all contributing factors there. Um, so yeah, now now I'm um uh, I'm I'm being more I'm being more conservative. Um, don't, don't want to go to a, an area where right now I'm fine, you know, my heart's fine but I've got a little bit of plaque in it so, like I said before it's a, the beginning of coronary artery disease so, that's not harmful but if you do have coronary, coronary artery disease, that is harmful so you don't want it to progress and pretty much if you just totally abuse steroids, it's gonna progress um, and be bad for you, so like antoine valiant ifbb pro he competes in the olympia he he has considerably a lot of plaque in his heart and that's why he like retired for a while but he finds it hard to stay away so now he's like coming back and stuff like that um but and and there's there's other bodybuilders too the way you test if you have plaque in your heart is you get a calcium scoring scan which is like a magnetic resonance imaging on your heart And uh, then then you you find out if, you know, what your level of that is. Um, And when when you're a bodybuilder, when you're a professional athlete, when you're a serious athlete, you know, whatever you do, um, you need to know when to, like, call it quits as far as, like, um, you know, really pushing it. You know, like, look at the NFL, NFL football, and... You know, you see guys who just won't hang it up, uh, and they get they get fucked up. Like like you remember Brett Favre in his last year? It, it looked like he was like delirious on the field or something. You know, it was like, man, this guy needs to stop playing. He's gonna get himself hurt. He needs to retire. Like you know, hit him off the field. Um, so so you gotta know, <laughs> you know, when it's time to hang it up and and, and not be holding on. Uh, you, you know, so so like in that in that uh, case, you know, you could still play football. You could still play football, but not professionally anymore, right? So I feel like it's the same thing with the steroids and the bodybuilding. Is it's like have fun with your steroids, especially like while you're young, and young and an adult, and and then like once you hit a point like uh, where you know it, it's it's like hey, if I keep doing this, you know, it's going to have serious consequences and costs on my health it's it's like okay well that's the time where where you say okay well now i'm going to take this to a lower level i'm not i'm not going to be you know blasting steroids indiscriminately anymore now now i'm going to be doing it on a more controlled level and that's fine you don't have to you know being the biggest fucking and and you can get into that and you can still be damn big (laughs) Using uh, you, you know using conservative gear like like I've said before, if you want to get if you want to get big and you want to be as healthy as possible, you just use the injectables that aren't trend. So you take test, equipoise, deca, primavolin, masteron. You can use some growth hormone, metformin, thyroid hormone. You can even use a little bit of insulin, and um, you, you know you're gonna stay much much more healthy if you do it that way. All right. What do you think about Dave Palumbo saying that all secretagogues are actually legit HGH? If that's true, I'm sure that's going to change everything. Dude, does that sound true? That sounds like just some random kooky, kooky statement. What the fuck? What do you mean a peptide is a is a legit HGH? A peptide is a secretagogue that makes your pituitary gland release hormone, growth hormone. It's basically like like you, they're, they're not good, okay? <laughs> the fucking peptides, I don't really have to even get into it. I can just tell you that the results for bodybuilding. You don't get good results from using peptides. You get good results from using pharmaceutical grade injectable human growth hormone. If you use other stuff, you get shitty results. It, it's just point blank. Nothing else needs to be said. You can make your choices what i just now said is a true statement um okay okay so jay asked can't dan can you talk about your current personal approach to peds are you taking a health conscious approach these days after your health checks so so that's what i just explained uh before this so yeah i i know people are interested in that so yeah my my i'm, I'm still using testosterone uh, still doing little cycles and everything but I'm not I'm not going you know indiscriminate uh, steroid steroid use because uh, like I said before there's got to be a time in your life or like in your career where you like weigh the benefits and the um, negatives and you decide like okay so do I want to make a change in the way that I'm using these things now do I want to be like you know, prioritize health instead of prioritize performance, like and and gains, which is very natural for a younger guy's. <laughs> um, but uh, all right, Bobby's basics says two hundred tests a week, one hundred deca a week, started getting decadic to in one milligrams every two weeks and it went away. Any advice? Well that's pretty normal. I I mean I don't really have advice i mean you took carbogolin and it made your decadit go away that seems normal <laughs> and uh, you know i guess you're kind of wondering like is there any way you can do it without taking carbogolin and the you know carbogolin's the best one it works the best um primary okay too but it can make you sick if you take too much when you first start and it's just not as effective it doesn't have as good as coverage as carbogolin does but per if you take like 0.1 or 0.2 uh, milligrams and then work your way up to about 0.5 milligrams per day, that works decent, but it's not as good as chalpergoline. So that's why I think to take it. Scotty got sciatica from deadlifting, can't walk one month already. When you get injured, the muscles uh, in the damaged area create like calcium. And like adhesions between the fibers because it's like injured and it's damaged. And so the area gets like fortified with these like with this like fibrous material in order to like strengthen it against further damage or future damage. And that keeps the muscle like kind of like tight. And then the joint can't move right. Um, so the muscle then has to be manipulated physically to get it to loosen and to break up those adhesions. And then the joint is now able to function properly again. Um, so rolling on the ball, like a, a lacrosse ball or a croquet ball or a baseball um, on your back or deep tissue massage, that, that's, that's what I think you should do. Um, tissue work is, is like, you know, all professional athletes do it, but most amateur athletes don't. And so most amateur athletes are in, like, a huge amount of chronic pain because you have to do um, tissue work to do weightlifting uh, relatively pain-free. Okay. Jonathan O says, best AI regimen while on TRT. Uh, Just an astrazole, half a milligram twice a week is enough. So the answer is that you can't just tell someone a generic cookie cutter dosage for an AI. If somebody's telling you like, oh, this is the amount of AI to do with this dose of testosterone per week, and this is a good way to do it for everybody, they don't know what they're saying. They don't have enough experience because the estrogen conversion from testosterone is the most variable factor of steroid use from person to person. It's more different from person to person than any other factor, and to say like a blanket statement on a dosage of antiestrogen to use with a certain to use with a certain dosage of um, of testosterone is is like that's going to you know have one guy way over here and the other guy way over here and the other guy way over there you know uh, it has to be optimized for the individual. Um, I can just tell you for sure, if you just follow like a cookie cutter amount of AI to take like that, and it's not personalized to you, that you'd feel better if you didn't do it that way. If you, if you did it personalized to you, you would feel significantly better. Um, what would you recommend as a cycle to get really big, really fast? Um, high dose testosterone first. So, usually that's somewhere between 750 milligrams to 1,500 milligrams uh, per week. Depends on like how big you are, um, and like where your strength is. Um, and then, um, super draw. Uh, nothing can get you as big and strong as super draw, as fast as super draw can. There's no other chemical in the world that can um, compete with it in those qualities, quick, size, and strength. So within three weeks of taking it, you should look completely different than you did when you first started taking it. Um, and that's at a dosage of like 30 milligrams per day, super joint. Um, yeah, if you, if you combine that with a high dosage of testosterone, whatever's high for you, and combine that with like 30 milligrams of that's it there's nothing that can compare to that Tren would be the next uh, next thing that could help you um facts like that but super is it's way faster than tren is uh with similar effects on your body like getting stronger getting more muscle and burning significant amount of fat at the same time Superdoll is some crazy stuff. Um, okay, yeah, another one. Yeah, yeah, Doug Noko. Any guidelines for gear estrogen blocker? You're on eight hundred test plus primo. Again, that that's the question that the other guy was asking me. You know, that it has to be personalized to you. I can't give you any generic AI advice because it would be invalid. Um, is this a decent bulking cycle? 400 echo poise, 600 test, 400 trend, 4 UHGH. Anything I should add? That is a, a good bulking cycle. 400 EQ, 600 tests, and then 400 trend. Everything's uh, chill there. It's, it's normal, and it's a lot of firepower. I mean, you've got 1,000 milligrams of normal steroids, and then you've got 400 milligrams of trend. And generally with trend, you can combine or you can multiply it to, to see like what is the force production of your trend dose in comparison to the other steroids, you can multiply it by about the milligrams by about five. So like if you're running 400 milligrams of trend that's about as potent as 2000 milligrams of normal steroids. So like 2000 milligrams of testosterone or uh, like like um, that. You know, one gram equipoise, one gram testosterone. That uh, combined, that's roughly the same firepower as around like 400 milligrams of trenbolone. So you got one gram of steroids, you know, the test and the equipoise, and then you have 400 milligrams of tren on top of that. But the tren really has the equivalent firepower of two grams of gear. So the 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 one gram of uh, steroids that you have in the test and equipoise plus the two grams of firepower of gear from the trend, you're gonna even though you're running 1.4 grams, you're getting about three grams of firepower out of your gear. So absolutely that's a very powerful bulking cycle and you could get super, super big on it. Um I would add thyroxine to the growth hormone because the when thyroxine T4 converts to T3. Uh, the conversion process is anabolic and it releases growth factors from the liver like you know like igf1 is a growth factor release released from the liver then like mechano growth factor, um, all, all the different growth factors that's that's what I mean uh, get released from the liver. Um, so. yeah, you use the use the thyroxine, Um, to increase those growth factors. And then the other thing is that the thyroxine upregulates your gene expression of uh, growth hormone-related genes. So basically the part of your genes that have to do with response to growth hormone is like that part is being expressed more or emphasized more. Uh, So your sensitivity to growth hormone increases when you take thyroxine. Whenever you take growth hormone, it's good to take thyroxine. The other thing that I'd take, too, is some kind of insulin pathway thing because that'll make things work a lot better, too. So usually I met, I recommend guys take metformin. Um, but, you know, people could take insulin, too, or they could take uh, berberine, which is like a dietary supplement that's kind of similar to metformin. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the two things that I would add to your cycle would be Uh, thyroxine 200 micrograms per day and metformin 500 milligrams with breakfast lunch and dinner and maybe another 500 before bed or 1000 milligrams metformin XR morning and night if the person wanted to use insulin uh, you know like five I use Humalog pre or post-workout um, Bobby's Basics downloaded my book Ultimate Guide to Roids Enjoy uh, Enjoy the keys to the Lamborghini Hearts Okay Stevie has something interesting to say Because uh, so, I was just talking about Superdraw And he has a comment He says hearts never been the same after Superdraw That shit is rocket fuel Quit bodybuilding And had a spiritual awakening From losing my identity fun times genetics to drug responses, everything. Wow. That's intense. Um, I, I wish that you would, um, uh, that, that you would explain a little bit more in detail why your heart has never been the same after super <laughs> Cause, cause that's, that's like a big statement. I'm interested uh, what you had happened, but you quit bodybuilding and had a spiritual awakening from losing your identity. Sounds like it, it, you know, whether <laughs> sounds like it was a good experience uh, in the end, either way, because you learned about yourself and had a spiritual awakening. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, asks about the new book. Yeah. Um, it's still going to come out, okay? But I had to take a hiatus from writing it for a little while. I had some experiments that I wanted to do. And I wrote the first 70 pages and they've been just sitting there for about six months now. I need about like 40, 50 more pages. And it was on experiment stuff that I wanted to do, which I've pretty much concluded that now. Um, So, you know, I would say, you know, it's definitely gonna come out before May of this year. So I'm sorry, it's about a year late, but. You know, when I release anything to you guys, I want to make sure it's, like, super good quality, you know, so I'm not, like, trying to get it out so I can get paid or something like that, you know. I don't want to release it until until it's, like, uh, you know, really fucking uh, sickening, and you guys are going to uh, be like, oh, I've got, a, I've got a good value, a good valuable item, and uh, this is something I'm going to look at. Um, for a long time, like maybe I'll reference this for the next 10 years or something like that. That's what I want it to be, you know, so I'm not gonna release anything that is less than that. So that's the reason why it takes a long time, sorry. Um, Looking for another question now. Bring up the messages. Okay, somebody asked, did gear ever aid you? when you're in your 20s, people always think I'm 28 to 30. Yeah, gear makes everybody look older. And the more gear you take, the older older you'll look. Uh, gear generally isn't good for the way that your face looks. If, you, if you're even on TRT, like if you go natural again, your face will look different simply because of the water retention. Steroids cause you to, they're anabolic, they cause you to store more of everything. So vitamins, minerals, those cause water retention and you're storing more vitamins and minerals. You're storing more water. Most of the times this shows in steroid in, uh, steroid guys in their faces. Um, pretty, pretty typical. Um, and and then you look older, you, you know, so like 10 years old or 15 years old or shit like that. Um, beards also make you look a lot older. Um, you know, if you come off the steroids, though, usually you go back to not looking old again. It's, it's specifically a steroid thing that makes you look older than you are. And then you take away the steroids and ta-da! you just took 10 fucking years off your face. <sighs> even just from going off cycle or even going on cruise, even going on cruise, you can get that. like a true cruise, you know, 200 milligrams of testosterone a week or less. And then you do that for more than two months you your face will change fairly dramatically. Um, it'll be like much thinner, less wide. Um, uh, so you've never heard of thyroxine. Thyroxine is T4 thyroid hormone. So it's inactive thyroid hormone that then gets uh, converted to T3 and then people ask, you know, well, why not just take T3? And the reason is because the conversion process is what's important. So it's not the T3 that you're getting from T4 that it's, that it's is important. It's the fact that you're having this conversion process from T4 to T3 happen. That's the anabolic part, the conversion process. Uh, okay, steroids of the devil says, I tried Trend and it really shrunk my dick. I couldn't get a full erection not even on viagra and Winnie. only side effect i experienced i even slept great on it obviously stopped taking on taking it well you know that's really not an uncommon experience (laughs) you know you know trend is this um jack of all trades hormone that attaches to like every receptor man like not even even receptors that aren't um sex hormone receptors like cortisol receptor trend binds really hard to the cortisol receptor and makes it so that cortisol can't exert its uh its effect which is one of the hypothesized reasons for why trend is really good at burning fat is because it blocks cortisol receptor um uh, yeah so trend is hitting so many different receptors man that like you know an erection is a very complicated physiological process you know you just take it for granted but of the things that the human body can do there's like not things there's like not much that is really like more complex than like it producing an erection it's like it's like a fucking (laughs) like magic trick of the human body so so you you know when when you start fucking around with stuff uh that is like hormones and and, and stuff that it that has like broad spectrum effects you know, it can just cause problems with the system. So it's like the trend could be directly activating progesterone receptors in your dick, which could be directly causing some uh, veins to not be able to relax, shit like that, you know. Um, so, so it's it's just, if you're having problems with trend, of course, the cabergoline is the first thing you do. But a lot of times people will notice like, oh, yeah. You know, my dick just isn't quite as big as it was when I was not on trend. <laughs> so it's just the way it is. And it goes back to normal after you stop the trend, like, eight weeks. trend is it's not actually shrinking your dick as, like, shrinking the tissue, but it's preventing as much blood from being able to go into the erection. Um... I'm trying to really it. Okay, yeah, somebody says something else, too, because people, I mean, it's, it's like, I guess it's because you guys listen to my voice or something a lot. You guys um, comment about my voice, like, on a regular basis. <laughs> like, every episode, you guys say, like, well, there'll be, some, not you guys, but there'll be, like, some guy who says, like, your voice is different today. <laughs> I have a lot of different voices, so it really depends on... You know how much i'm engaging my diaphragm or not like if you want me to start talking and like i do at the beginning of the podcast when i talk about the keys to the lamborghini and not walk my diaphragm like i was going to do if i was singing if i just talk to you without using this uh bottom part then then, then uh it's, it's just like something that's rattling in my throat rather than something that's reverberating in my body And uh, I'm kind of a character, so I use, you know, my voice will fluctuate in different styles while I'm speaking. So there's your answer. No, my voice didn't change. My voice has always been the same. I wasn't putting on a voice. I was just being me. And steroids didn't change my voice. A lot of people say, oh, steroids made my voice deeper. No steroids didn't do a damn thing to my voice. My voice has always been exactly the same. And people who say that, oh, steroids made my voice deeper, they don't know what they're saying. They're lying and they don't know what they're saying. They're just saying something that they think happened, but it really didn't. Steroids do not make your voice deeper if you're a man. They do if you're a woman, but not if you're a man. It's, It's the same thing, steroids don't grow your dick. It's not like, you know, once you've hit, once you've done male puberty and you've finished it, Now you can't just like reactivate male puberty again by taking steroids. No, you you know, you don't start growing your bones again. You don't, your dick doesn't start growing again. You don't get a infinity long beard or something, you you know, so, so, (laughs) uh, the voice doesn't just like get lower and lower and lower or something too. This is a thing that a lot of guys say is, oh, my voice got deeper. Once I started taking steroids, they say that about themselves. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Maybe you're using your diaphragm more when you speak. Maybe that's what you're noticing. Hmm. All right. Looking at another question. Okay. One thing though, that, 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 that does. So the one thing that does progress as far as like secondary sex characteristics over time is body hair so that does that that breaks the rule for, for some of this other stuff like continued male puberty that i've said uh so that increased production of body hair on more areas of your body seems to be progressive um with the amount of gear um you know, Jonathan asks about acne. He says, acne at the neck and back related to high estrogen or DHT and best way to put a lid on it. Well, yeah, you, you've got to figure out first. You know, you've got to get your estrogen in the normal range. And if you're still having um, acne at that point, then yeah, it's DHT. And uh, there's a couple things you can do for it. I mean, you can go to your doctor and get antibiotics for acne, which are really effective. There's also a gel, a topical Accutane gel um, called Differin, And there's another brand name of it called, um, man, that the, the gel is called isotretinoin. That's the chemical name. Oh yeah. Retin a retin a is the, it's like the more potent brand name for the isotretinoin gel. That's um topical accutane that you can. So if you have, you know, like specific areas and you don't want to take systemic accutane, you can take topical accutane isotretinoin gel. Um, that that would work you know what I what I would recommend first would be putting daily alcohol on those areas um, because the, the acne is an infection from bacteria on your skin getting into the pores so you should try to really kill and remove all the bacteria on those areas of the skin by doing uh, rubbing alcohol isopropyl alcohol on those areas every day and uh, then getting on the antibiotics. And if that doesn't work, then adding the isotretinoin gel. Doctors are happy to help you with acne, by the way. If you um, go to a uh, if you go to a doctor and ask for medicine to help you with acne, they're totally on board with that. It's not hard. Um, at a question. Uh. okay Ricky yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta eat like big portions at some points of the day to get a lot of protein eating like small frequent meals with high amount with high amounts of protein is like really unappetizing but if you just sit down and you eat one pound of chicken breast with some barbecue sauce or hot sauce it's not that hard and that's a hundred grams of protein so i mean a lot of times i will just buy the chicken breast one pound uh, package and i'll cook that twice per day that's 200 grams of protein and then uh if you have a You know like a couple scoops of protein that's 50 grams more so you got 250 and then it's not like the only meat you're eating that day is chicken breast you know maybe i'm also eating a half pound of beef and i'm eating another pound of fish white fish so that extra pound of white fish another hundred grams of protein i got another half pound of beef ground beef that i eat and two scoops of uh two scoops of protein, now I'm up to 400 grams of protein per day. You know, just get, having the fish, the two pounds, one pound of fish, two pounds of chicken, two scoops of protein, half a pound of beef. Uh, that's bodybuilder food. Um, yeah, some carbs go along with that when when you want, when you, yeah, some carbs go along with that, but you know, that's the way bodybuilders eat, is big, big protein portion. And um, it's easy if you ask for a tip and you say, like, what is the easiest way to get down large amounts of protein? White fish, white fish with hot sauce, like Tabasco sauce. It, you don't have to chew it. With chicken breast, you have to chew it and that's annoying. With fish, it just dissolves. Zigaton didn't know that I have a singing ability. Uh, I was in choir in high school and university. (laughs) Um, Okay, Kai asks, as someone sensitive to progesterone sides with 300 milligrams of NPP, would you expect any sides from that dose? Not a lot. Um, I mean, you might need a, a little bit of a little bit of cabergoline, but at that dose, three hundred milligrams of NPP, you might not need it. So, just do the cycle without taking it. But then, if you start to feel it like a deep stinging pain in your nipple, or it's like you're trying to have sex but you can't jizz. Or you uh, <laughs> start feeling like a foggy, fo- foggy, spinning head. Those are all prolactin symptoms. And then, um, you know, on only 300 milligrams NPP per week, you know, if you did have to take something to, to get rid of it, you know, like 0.25 milligrams cabergolin once or twice a week would be good. Um, And just just go with the the lowest amount that solves the problem. You'll feel the effect of what the cabergolin does 24 hours after taking it. And then you can decide, do I need to take more or not? And the the two most in-your-face symptoms of uh, prolactin, where you need to take cabergolin or something, the one is like, you can't ejaculate. Or, or it's like so hard to make that happen. And then the second one would be having a deep stinging pain under the surface of your nipple, in the gland of the nipple, so that like if it touched, if it got touched, you'd, you'd be like, damn, that like seriously hurt. Like you bumped it going through a doorway or something, and you'd be like grabbing it, like like that stings like a motherfucker. Uh, so that, that's how you'll know. Will I ever collaborate with Jordan Oakley. I talk with Jordan Oakley from time to time. Uh, I might collaborate with him sometime. I'm, uh, but uh, I I haven't. But I, I talk with I talk with him from time to time. Seems like a nice guy. He uh, he's a little bit like antagonistic or like aggressive though. A little bit too much. <laughs> so I don't I don't, I don't like like the drama or something like that. You know, like I, I, I try not to get involved in the YouTube drama, whatever that kind of stuff is. So I, I think he's the opposite of that. So yeah, I think that's why we pro- probably why we haven't collabed. <laughs> um, let me see if there's anything else. Um, Okay, yeah, yeah. Kai, Kai asks, "What are your thoughts on pramie versus caber?" And I kind of went over that earlier, but I'll just briefly mention it again. It's that the caber is more like it has better coverage. So, if you look at like a graph of the blood level when you take a Prami pixel, it's it's like this, like up and down, a spike. But if you look at the graph of uh, the blood levels of a cabergolin when you take it, there's no spike. It just goes up to a certain level and then it just maintains for a really long time and then starts going down. It, it doesn't even start going down until four days after you take it. Um, so the coverage, it, it's instead of being a thing where it's like, oh, you might have coverage at one out for some hours of the day really high and then other hours of the day, the coverage isn't that high. It's, it's like just a flat, straight coverage all the time. So that, that's why the cabergoline is superior. And then the other thing is that cabergoline doesn't make you sick, but pramipexil does if you're not used to it. So if you just like had never taken pramipexil and then you went and you took one milligram of pramipexil out of nowhere, you would be so sick. You would definitely throw up um, and uh, you, like your skin would turn white. Um and and uh you, you throw up, uh and things would be really bad for like maybe six or seven hours after you did that. But it's not that way if you work your way up, then you don't experience any of that. So if you went point two milligrams and then two days later you move to point four or point five milligrams, you can do it like that and you can completely avoid those acute sickness side effects. Um and then, and then it works good. So, um, in a, in a pinch, like if you're getting tren or deca, um, gyno, or or you got you know your dick doesn't work from using them, and you're like you gotta fix this fast, and for some reason you can't get going for like more than two weeks or a month or something, well then that. That would be a good situation if you had access to primumbol, or sorry, to that came quicker. That would be a good uh, situation to use that, like where it would be like, oh, well, you can get a pramipexole in three days, but you got to wait three weeks for the cabergoline or something. Then you could get the the you know, so that you could have something right away while you're waiting for the good stuff, and then you could have something to control it. Um, my first trend cycle. Well, my first trend cycle was my first cycle because after the first four weeks of my first cycle, I was not happy with my results on 600 milligrams testosterone. So I said, fuck this, I'm taking trend. And then I had a trend ace, 100 milligrams three days per week. And that was when my first cycle became my first cycle. <laughs> and then everything was successful and happened the way I wanted to once that point went on. Um, uh, but but don't get me wrong, I, I had some issues too. You know, it was a wild adventure. Um, anyways, though, I I didn't think that I would get decadick or trendick. I didn't think it would happen to me. I was like, yeah, right. and Then uh, about like a week or two after taking the trend, I noticed that uh, my dick was dead. It was just it did not work. <laughs> and I was like shit I chemically castrated myself with the pramipexol from the trend so pramipexol has a it has a a purpose a purpose and uh but it's it's inferior to cabergoline and these days because of that experience and then me watching other guys do the exact same thing that I did where they go like, oh, no, not me. I won't need cabergoline on my trend cycle. Nowadays, I just say, like, you got to have it on hand before you start because it's such a shitty situation if you don't have it. And then it's hard for you to get it in a timely manner. So don't chemically castrate yourself and keep uh, cabergoline on hand when you use trenbolone. Um, is the way dexterous protocol meant to be a regular regime for the gym it is when you're bulking and it's like a general principle that that that, so you can adjust the dexterous protocol depending on your goals so obviously like if you're cutting you're not going to be you know putting in a 150 grams of dextrose or 200 grams of dextrose uh, intra workout or something, you know, you, you can't do that. But you, you, it's it's still teaching you the principle that you should not work out uh, or lift weights on an empty stomach because it doesn't make sense. Um, what, so the the thing with the with the dextrose or glucose whatever in the workout is the fact that when you put that in your body your body releases insulin in response. And insulin is the chemical that makes your body be able to add weight to the body. Okay, it's the the chemical, the main chemical involved with weight gain, having it in the blood and the main chemical involved with weight loss is basically not having it in the blood. Because lipolysis fat burning can't occur until insulin levels have dropped below an action level that is inhibiting fat burning or lipolysis. So insulin is, is super important. Um, and uh, so what, when you're working out, you are doing what's going to make you sensitive to nutrition, okay? You're doing the activity that's gonna make your muscles want to uptake nutrition and recover, get bigger, okay? So now during that time, You want to have the hormone insulin in your blood because that's the hormone that allows you to get bigger. It's the hormone that allows whatever nutrition is in your bloodstream to pass out of the bloodstream into the muscle that's being worked. Okay, And then in addition to that, you have a pump of blood that you are pooling in that specific muscle. You're pooling the blood more in that muscle that's being trained than any other body part. So, you know, what other fucking opportunity in your life do you have where you're pooling muscle into or where you're pooling blood into a, a muscle? You, you don't other than when you have a pump. OK, so at this time when you're most sensitive to recovery, to uptake of glucose, to repairing the muscle, to building the muscle, you need to have insulin in your blood at this time so that the and you need to have energy protein and carbohydrates in your blood at this time so that at this time when you have this concentrated amount of blood in the muscle that's being trained that blood can have its nutrition pass into the cells the insulin makes it so that the nutrition can leave the blood and go inside of the cells so you never ever want to do weightlifting on an empty stomach it's just stupid It doesn't make sense. Okay, you can burn fat during any fucking other time of the day. Okay, but the weightlifting is the anabolic time of the day. That's the muscle building time of the day. It's the part of the day where you're going to get the most bang for your buck with having nutrition in your system. The Other times of the day, any other time of the day, that's when you do your fat burning, not when you're lifting weights. Why do you lift weights? To get bigger, stronger muscles. You don't lift weights to lose weight that that it's just it's dumb and if you're going to have a pump you better have the hormone in your system that allows the nutrition from your blood to get inside the muscle when you have blood pooled in the muscle very important all right that's going to be that's going to be it for today um Somebody was asking about Pattaya, Pattaya sucks. That's a dirty city.